All right. Good evening. Uh, we are uh, on the eve of the national championship game. I am joined by Clark Brooks, and he runs the SEC Stat Cat website, which if you're not checking out, you're missing out. If you're a football fan, especially if you're a, a SEC football fan, the amount of material data and things he he gives you to be a smarter uh, football fan is outstanding. It's really, really in-depth. Clark, thank you for joining us, man. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm feeling much better after that very rosy welcome, Josh. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, you guys have, if you've read or clicked on our stuff or talked about it, we reference his stuff a lot. You know, he breaks it down and, and every play that the SEC offenses have, he's got it scripted from back going back to 2018. So you can look at, oh, what formations and what things did well. He talks about the same things that I like to talk about success rate. And I don't think you dive into the EPA stuff, but, you know, yards per play and concepts and which, you know, which, which, uh, plays are good for the offenses and, and which can you expect in the upcoming uh, matchup so we're going to talk about one concept called the trail concept which is what um alabama torched georgia with in the sec championship game i'm going to roll some of these plays and then we're going to look at some of the other plays at alabama but and clark is going to break down and tell us exactly what he just uh, break his the trail concept down and you know a couple variations of it it's that trip uh formation that we saw a lot It is just an absolutely fantastic design. Now, there are two different variations. Really, if you really want to twist my arm, Josh, there are four because um, you could argue that there is a halfback option route involved in some of these plays, and it's a dead giveaway. That one right there that's playing right there, that is one that makes me think this is more of a halfback option as a more to a true trail, but because it is so similar and it does use the other variations. I still lump them all together just for charting purposes. So um, no pass play has gained more yards for this offense than trails. 312 on the season. And you know what, Josh? 64% success rate. I think it's doing pretty, pretty well for itself. So um, as you can see, trail concepts are trying to get a little bit more of a hot influence a vertical influence and then you're bringing a tertiary receiver either behind on a drag and angle or if he's just sitting out to space where there are no receive or no defenders in the vicinity but it has absolutely been one of their favorite concepts out of bunch and it has been a go-to pattern on third down which we know will probably have a big um uh, influence in the outcome on monday night yeah you know i'm looking at the i broke it down by the game you know they they torched georgia for 30.3 yards per play on it uh and they actually had mississippi state at 29 yards and auburn only 15 and a half yards but they did like you said they they went to it and go to situations trying to convert third downs and converting fourth downs and uh they did not run it in the arkansas game which was surprising to me uh as much offense as there was in there um, and, and it seemed like they didn't run it a lot. They were only ran it a few times in the LSU game, which makes me think they were didn't want to put it all of it on tape. Am I wrong? Well, speaking about the Arkansas game, that seems like a perfect matchup. You know, that's a defense that likes to play three safeties. And so that's just giving up a lot of underneath yards as is. So that, using this type of concept, it seemed would align with that. But yeah, I don't know. Um, the Mississippi State game was certainly when it started to show up on tape. A&M, certainly, but of course, that game did not go in their favor. Um, but yeah, it, it was dormant for a little bit. But yeah, it's just been a consistent winner when they do call it. So um, yeah, I here, am I'm showing, I'm showing the Auburn. Yeah, I'm showing the Auburn play where they had it lined up in a critical 
spot to gain. It was a bad snap, so we didn't get to see the results of that play. But I did show it, and I'm gonna po- I'm gonna publish all these plays on our YouTube channel so you can go back and look at them uh, and scrub through them, and and uh, maybe you even hit up uh, Clark on um, Twitter if you have any specific questions about him. Sorry to interrupt. Keep continue on, Mr. Brooks. Uh, I forget where I was, but uh, yeah, the point is, it just has a lot of um, variability. It has a lot of potential for attacking linebackers now i remember my point it surprised me that they felt um you know good enough to go after the middle of georgia's defense because uh kobe dean of course it's well recorded he's one of the best coverage linebackers in college football but obviously when you're doing these bunch formation types of things it can really pass off assignments and of course if the play works as designed. He's there to stop the hot route. So, you know, it's just moving him a little bit more out of the position and throwing him behind. So it's very, um, I would say, statistical fortitude type of tactic for um, Bill O'Brien to want to attack the middle of this Georgia defense. But, again, it, they have shown a lot of success with the with this family of trail patterns. Yeah, I'm showing a couple of these from the, uh, the Cotton Bowl, which – they didn't look exactly like they did in the SEC championship game, and they were not very successful against Cincinnati. Only averaged four and a half yards per play. They ran it three times. I don't know how a 50, 50% success rate on three plays, but um, <laughs> they they did not gash them and stuff. And here I'm actually showing some of the Georgia plays that are similar uh, where they actually defended it pretty well. South Carolina ran it a couple times, and um, Kentucky ran it a couple times. So Georgia can defend it. And like you said, you know that, and you can see we're getting pressure up the middle on these plays, which is what. I think has to happen for that play to not be successful against Georgia this time around. And absolutely. Like, like that, that last clip was perfect because Nicobe Dean just gobbled up the hot route, that drag. It, it, the pressure was there, but he had nowhere to go with the ball because the hot receiver was so damn covered. So that the play can be somewhat long developing. Um, obviously when you have someone like Bryce Young who can evade and buy himself that extra beat to get the playoff. I mean, there was, um, on the one, this particular um, design in the SEC championship game where the pressure comes up the middle, rusher loses his footing. Um, it's not necessarily the cleanest pocket, but Bryce Young can step up to his left and he can hit um, Billingsley wide open because the pressure, you know, it didn't get home and there's just no one there because the, the long developing play was able to manipulate the defense where someone could be open. So, yeah, if the pressure does not get there, Right away, it's going to be a big, big problem for Georgia. Of course, I'm in the camp. I think they probably don't go over in the sack department again, but that's going to be a major element in this game, especially, like I said, when this play likes to be called on third downs, where Alabama is allowing a 51.9% pressure rate. They they have to maximize and get them off the field in the spots. Um, okay, so you've got – I've cut away from the plays, and you've got your whiteboard. Do you want to take us through a couple of these, these variations, these concepts, if you can? Um, if you he, he does this on his, on his channel as well, and he's nice enough to jump on Dog Sports Live with us while Graham is on the ground. Graham is, is our X and O's guys here on Dog Sports Live, but Clark is uh, willing to jump in, and, and, while, and Graham is at the, uh, at the national championship game. So get us into your, your whiteboard here, Mr. Brooks. Okay, I do apologize. Um, no this apologies. Is, this is awesome. This. Um, so this was the design I was just talking about. So these are like the, uh, I would say, the running back option variants of these trails. I'm throwing them in there because when this angle does bend towards the middle of the field, it's a straight-on trail play. It's either the drive option or arches. So in the 
Um, drive, we call that dangle. Drive plus angle. Sounds nice, and it makes you think of Reno 911. So, and then Arches is just tried and true West Coast offense. Instead of a, a, a dig like you would see on the drive concept, you know, a shallow and overtop drive, uh, overtop dig, you will see a deep corner instead. So, um, when you get the halfback option stuff involved, like I said, yes, you can have that angle bend back towards the middle of the field and occupy, you know, and satisfy those plays, or you can just have a flat route towards the outside if the defense is starting to anticipate something towards the inside. So not only do you have the vertical route that can threaten towards the middle of the field, you have the trailer do so, and you can do vice versa. So it really does put um, defenders in a bind, especially because these are bunch formations. And in bunch formations, you see either sometimes cone techniques, bracket techniques, you know, man-max techniques, more so than if it was spread out. Because if you're spread out, you're basically isolated to cover that guy. But with a lot of people all bunched in together, sometimes you have to have rules. If he's the first guy going inside, I'm going to take him, and I'm going to sit back and take the guy who's coming vertical. So when you have those rules and you have a lot of different, you know, answers to different coverage techniques, it can be such a bind. And one of the big plays in the SEC championship game, like we saw, was that dangle play where the safety was playing pretty far back and kind of influencing towards the sideline. Next thing we know, boom, it's a wide open dig for a touchdown. So that is just a great, I guess, um, allegory for just how much this play can get uh, back ends in a bind just because they don't know exactly what to expect when a team lines up in bunch. Um, because looking at the bunch plays, um, floods, they have 19 reps on the season from, um, from those formation groups, but those are all c combined together. Trail outright has 13 and no pass concept has more. And, and like I said, from these bunch formations, a 53 0.9% success rate, 14.9 yards per attempt. That is their number one play coming out of these formations. And like I said, it is one of their favorite plays along with mesh on third down. Yeah. Um, so do you think, do you think Georgia can, has the personnel and the schemes uh, that can, they can clean up some of this, correct this, keep it in front of them. Or do you think this is just, you know, just doesn't line up and they're going to get us again? Well, I mean, it's a very good play. It's a very good idea, but it's not like this is infallible. It's not like you can absolutely be a, a you know, a 100% success rate type of play. Uh, we have seen times where, you know, early pressure is allowed just because sometimes it, if, if it's like a single high type of pressure, absolutely, that can get home and that can alter um, the timing of this play. Like I said, if the hot route is covered right away, you need that extra beat for somebody else to come open. Um, I believe Georgia, I mean, uh, we just talked about that third and two play where they were able to find Billingsley. Let's just say the bl uh, the blitzer is able to find his footing. He maybe gets an arm on Bryce Young. That's all she wrote, as opposed to you know a scramble drill that results in an explosive gain for Alabama, basically outside of structure. So yeah, absolutely, I think Georgia could find more wins, but at the same time, just because of the versatility, even though John Mechie's not there, it still is a very, very dangerous concept because, I mean, Billingsley can obviously make the play in space, and um, as we saw last time in Atlanta, all Williams needs is five yards, and he can turn that into a score with this concept. Yeah, and and just looking at the targets on this, it, you know, everyone's going to say, well, it's Mechie's out. But, um, you know, Robinson, obviously one of those halfback options was there. Williamson, 
Bolden, 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 uh, Robinson. I mean, yes, Mechie got some of these looks, but this this play was set up for a, not just Mechie. This is not his home run play. This is something that they have many uh, targets that they can get the ball to. So, and um, Holden has scored on this concept. Yeah, that, did, I think he did that against Mississippi State. Right, and I believe this was similar to the, the touchdown at the first drive of the, of the Cotton Bowl where, you know, they, they lined up trips left and just cleared it out for Bolden and he got underneath and the same, you know, same, I think believe that was it was a, a trail play as well. I mean, so every time you see those trips, you know, obviously, you know, they're smart too. They're, they know that they hit a bunch of these. Uh, so are there any other plays out of that similar formation that, that are, that to watch for on Monday night. That's- I'm glad you asked, Josh, because uh, Alabama had a very nice wrinkle on one of their early drives uh, against Cincinnati. So that was a China play. So China's are basically smash plays. Smashes are, gosh, I'm using <laughs> a lot of uh, uh, transcendent properties here, but uh, it's a smash concept is a curl in a corner. China's take that curl from the outside and they give you an in breaker. So it's usually a quick in or a drag route. So it's very similar to these arches plays, right? You know, where you have a corner route and a drag, but then you have that little angle route that makes it a little bit more variant. So what they did, as opposed to just coming out in a normal little thing like this, they basically rearranged the assignments to where the middle receiver, not the outside receiver, became the crosser. That then got the attention of the defense. And then the outside guy basically ran kind of like a stuttered out route. You'll, you'll see here in a second. I'm vamping as I draw this up. Apologies. Yeah, this is awesome. Okay. So they had number two basically become the crosser. Then you have your corner. And then the China return, you're going, and then you're coming back out. So it's kind of sort of the same idea, what, what that, that option route was with the running back design, but you're just rearranging the routes a little bit. And as we saw, Slade Bolden was wide open on the outside. But the other thing that you really got to watch out for this Alabama um, offense, and uh, Bill O'Brien has been pretty aggressive trying this look, even though it, it basically worked on the first time and everyone jumped up and down for a 90 plus yard touchdown. Um, it's just not been so great, but you have to watch out for it because it is a great play for Jamison Williams to really attack the back end. So this also is a bunch play. You can either see it out of that, uh, that LSU bunch formation, you know, the tight bunch formation where the tight ends up. I believe that's the I believe that's the way they scored off of it in the against Miami. But essentially it's just an inverted sale concept or a deep bench. Bench is a member of the Smash family, but instead of a curl, you'll have an out route. So this is just that run with a lot of depth. So it's an inverted sale. You're going to have your um, middle receiver still be that intermediate outbreaker, but because of how that aligns, you'll still get your one, two, three type of sale read, but it just inverts it to where the safety usually comes up to bite, thinking that this guy's just going to continue, and then he just has an outbreaker. So it's very, very lethal when they can connect on it. Obviously, it, it, it really um, allows Williams to use his verticality, his big speed, really get the defense on their heels and backing up and really having to potentially give up a big play. But since 
you know, week one, they haven't really connected on all that much. But just because you know how um, Alabama likes to lean into getting explosive plays and trying to turn the um, turn the tide, as it were, I really would not be surprised if Bill O'Brien did try out that type of sale concept. But yeah, between the China returns, that, and the, you know, the inherent variability that those arches and dangles have from the bunch formations, just because, you know, all the different wrinkles involved, it absolutely should be involved for this offense. Uh, That's a little depressing. Uh, (laughs) They're obviously, you know, no matter the turnover that they have at the offensive coordinator position, they come in, whoever brings it in has, has so much personnel that they can use. It's not surprising that, that they barely or rarely skip a beat and, and they're, just lethal as you say is a good word uh no matter you know they replaced quarterback and an oc and you here they are running one of the the better offenses in the country if not one of the probably the top five uh if not right now they feel like the best offense but hopefully we'll uh correct these things clark i appreciate your time talk about uh your website so that if people are watching this or listening to this um what they can expect from secstatcat.com because it's really i just can't say enough good things about it because it's awesome uh, I guess the best way to sum it up is just the mission statement. Uh, Jimmy's and Joe's, X's and O's, and any stat you basically want to know about SEC football. Um, it's just trying to provide a little bit more context for the average fan. You know, if you're just trying to learn more about the game um, or if you're trying to advance the dialogue, uh, if it's beyond just like the box score and the counting stats. So, um like if you're going to be a fan of Josh, you know, like success rate and all that type of stuff. Well, I chart every play. And of course, as you probably uh, realize listening to this conversation, I attach it to different concepts and just seeing how effective those are throughout the conference. So that is advanced stats for passers, like accuracy, where they're throwing the ball, how much play action they use, how much RPOs they use, um, how good they are attacking the right sideline, any type of um, minutia type of thing you can think of for offensive football. I basically chart and of course you can find that at sec stat cat or follow me on twitter at at sec underscore stat cat that it's really awesome and in and different than i do i just kind of get a lot of data from a lot of spaces and spots and yours is one of those but you actually watch every play and you manually chart these throughout the week am i right Yes, you cannot trust these official box score keepers. You got to watch every snap to ensure that every yard is actually gained. Every catch is secured. Um, But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it is definitely a labor of love, no doubt. And you've got many things, just like you just showed us. If you, he's got those uh, videos and podcasts available on his website. So please check it out. Clark, I appreciate all your time. Um, and uh, hopefully you guys can uh, check this out before the game and just watch out and just see how we um, how the how Georgia can possibly improve on some, stopping this lethal concept. With that, I appreciate it, and uh, I'm, we may be back tomorrow. But if not, go dogs. <laughs>